0: Welcome to TechTO Quick Takes, broadcasting live on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. It's Thursday, March 4th, 2021. And today we'll be talking about ClearBank sprouts wings with its new $100 million Clear Angel fund. Vancouver-based Dooley sells investors on a $20 million investment. Canadian gambling tech wins big. There were three deals in the Canadian digital gambling ecosystem this week that were greater than $20 million each. Hey, if you can name them all, leave a comment now with all three, and we'll hook up a random viewer who gets it right with a free one-month TechTO Insider Membership. Heck, if you can name one or two, we'll still give you a shout out on the show. We'll also be reacting to your questions and comments throughout, so give us a thumbs up wherever you are and drop a comment, and we're going to shout it out live let's get started. You ready, Alex?
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Let's do this. First up, ClearBank sprouts wings with a $100 million Clear Angel fund. Tell me, Alex, what have Andrew and Michelle been building here? Well, for
1: people that don't know ClearBank, which I think everyone in Canada does know by now, is they are a company that lends Uh, provides a quick source of capital to e-commerce and SaaS businesses focused on e-commerce angle. And what's different than traditional lenders or source of capital, it's not equity, it's debt, but it's driven by the business metrics of uh, of what's going on. So they look at your business metrics and say, okay, we can lend you money right now. We're not automatically get repaid by your future revenue. So we don't need a personal guarantee. We don't need a warrant. What's interesting right now is they're slowly repositioning themselves as investors. If you go to the website, it says they're the world's biggest e-commerce investor. If you look at lots of press releases around ClearAngel, it says um, you know, positions ClearBank as a as a growth of, growth capital firm.
0: So, right, so they haven't always been doing this, right? If you've been following the Michelle and Andrew story through the TechTO community over the years, you'll know that it wasn't always a financial institution like it is today, right?
1: No, um, it, it's this is a example of tenacity, uh, customer development, and figuring out where you have product market fit. I think, if I remember correctly, they started off lending a payday advances to Uber drivers, and then they looked at uh, financing Airbnb hosts, and eventually start financing e-commerce companies and it just, it's been up to the right in the, that, that mythical hockey stick since. And now it
0: feels, feels like a good, one of those good memes uh with a, how it started and how it's going, you know?
1: Yeah. So, so you, I can imagine you see Andrew and Michelle in the back of an Uber, car, Uber car going, Hey, do you want money? Do you want money? Yep. And now it's like, they're just like throwing cash at all the e-commerce
0: players. <laughs> so uh, from, from starting in the back of an Uber to today, how big do you think ClearBank is?
1: Uh Well, there's many different ways, it, you know, the numbers have been all over the place, but it seems the most – they've funded 4,000 companies and lent out $1.6 Uh On LinkedIn, they have 270-plus employees, so that means they probably have less because people can do whatever they want on LinkedIn. Um, they've lent money in five countries, and they claim to lend eight times more frequently to women than VCs do, which
0: – I mean, these these numbers are starting to sound a lot like unicorn status, Alex. Do you think we're there?
1: We'll see. Um, what's interesting is I, I think this this new this new initiative will actually is expanding their market and well if they're mm-hmm. not at Unicorn status now, they'll be at, at it soon. So like this clear angels is is interesting. It, it's they're positioning it as a fund. Right. But what what they've it's actually what it's doing is going more uh, up market or down market or downstream. I'm not sure what the right words are. But they're saying, hey, we have a hundred million dollars here to lend to nascent e-commerce business. You, you have to have a $1,000 revenue, which is not much, and you have to be doing it full-time, so they want to see you're dedicated. You can apply, and they're going to quickly give you a loan to grow your business, they're going to give you automated advice, and they're going to get, they give you a marketplace to actually help you execute against that advice.
0: And where, where is that $100 million coming from, Alex? Uh,
1: not 100% clear. Uh, I've read they have $10 million dedicated to this fund. I assume that's some equity and that's some debt. They can recycle the repaid capital, so if they lend out a million and it gets repaid, that could be you know, so it's sort of evergreen. And I assume if it works well, they have other sources of capital to tap into growth to a hundred million dollars.
0: Now, Alex, you consider yourself an angel investor, right? Yes. Okay. So, you know, the angel space, what is this, what does this new fund mean for um, early stage companies? Is this competitive to other angels out there? Do you feel threatened by it?
1: So let's, let's break this down into two, two different aspects. I think one is there's a bunch of companies are going to finance that aren't in the angel space. And, 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 and they're clear. That's one of the purposes here is this is for people without the connections, without mm-hmm. the access to capital, without, you know, so if you're someone in Timbuktu, has no connections to the world, you're making, I don't know, some unique thing you're selling on Shopify and you're doing $1,000 a month and you want to scale it up, you don't need to go find the angels. And so I think there it's not competitive. I uh, then I think depending on, for an angel, I think it's actually quite complementary versus maybe a VC. So if I invest in an early stage company mm-hmm. and, I can get capital that's relatively efficient, so they're not selling equity, which is very expensive. And a company can grow with debt that's pretty benign, and you know it doesn't create cause any harm. I love that because the company can grow to a much larger stage before they raise more additional capital. So Mm -hmm. it's either non-competitive or 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 early stage investors. It's actually beneficial because it makes my companies more cap equity capital efficient. For late stage VCs that invest in e-commerce. Or SaaS, they might not like this as much.
0: But do you have any portfolio companies that are playing in e-commerce? Like, is this going to apply to most tech companies? Or this is more of, um, well, you know, CPG type companies?
1: I, I think it's, look, it, their bread and butter is e-commerce. Um, right. So it's DTC companies. So like the one I can think of in Toronto that's killing it, that might benefit from this is Cabo, Nick's sure. um Majuri, yeah. right? Some of those have good VC money behind them. And...
0: It could have an alternative to them as they were yeah. scaling, right? They wouldn't yeah. have had to do the expensive equity, as you mentioned. They might have been able to access this sort of new product, which looks and feels a lot like debt.
1: Yeah. So, and like the one I can think of in my portfolios is, is Fight Camp, mm. and, and actually, I think they've used ClearBank along the way, if I, if I, from my recollection. So, Fight Camp is like the Peloton for boxing and kickboxing. So they have to finance. Right. They they want to finance their marketing spend and. Right. They I was wondering how
0: you look so buff now, Alex. Now I know it's, it's fight camp. It is it is fight camp yeah.
1: <laughs> every, every morning, an hour. You, you can see if you can beat my score.
0: <laughs> awesome. And so is this one of these announcements, which is like, uh, coming soon, it will launch in the future and it might never happen. Or it, like, when does this thing go live?
1: It's, it's live. It's beta testing. They have 20 to 30 customers have a wait list. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I believe ClearBank has been working on this for a long time because I think what's interesting here, and it's not—it's interesting, it's not getting attention, it's beyond just capital. So just lending capital, they could probably figure out the algorithm and stuff like that. But they're actually coming back and saying, uh, like an automated, like what I call the uh, automated angel, or like that's where I think they're coming with the angel name, is they're like saying, hey, you know, your AOV, which is average order value is low compared to your peers. You should raise it because that'll improve your margins and and they'll make your company more valuable. Or, hey, if you increase your um, lawyer CAC you'll you'll increase your margins and you will be they're, they're trying to show founders how to grow their business in a way that makes them makes more right. valuable. So they're, and they're,
0: then, they're trying to replicate some of the a non-capital aspects yeah. of angel investing. And
1: what's interesting is then they not only give you advice, but then they have a marketplace of, Hey, maybe, you know, you don't want, you want to, you want to better spend, increase your AOV. Here's six experts or six products you can sign up for that right. will help you accomplish that goal. So it's, That's it's cool. actually interesting. And it's interesting to see the press play this up as, as basically a, um, Capital play, when I think it's a lot more than capital, it's a lot more interesting.
0: So, uh, I, I love that. I, I think that's really cool to think about it holistically. I do think, uh, Alex, you could be in trouble if it's more than capital as an angel investor. Uh, but tell me this if you're a part of the TechTO community watching now, why is this an interesting deal to follow? Like, what's exciting about this for you? Well,
1: first, it's just you got to love Andrew, Michelle, and Clearbank. Like, they're the most Silicon Valley like company in Canada. Well, maybe maybe most private one because maybe Shopify is more. is is as Silicon Valley like, but like they're, you know, they're celebrity founders. They're prominent. They're brash or bold. They make huge moves and claims and they're killing it. Or at least they seem to be winning. So that, that I think that just, not that we want to emulate the Valley, but it's just good to see people. They're raising the profile of Canada. Um, and, and they're they're competing in Shopify and Stripe. Shopify has a lending product. Stripe lends, you know, they, they don't seem to be, they don't seem to be losing market share to them. Uh, I think it's placing a trend where I think the finance is fragment fragmenting more and more and you see fintech players come and emerge looking at different ways of financing companies uh, just, you know, and it reinforces this Ontario ecosystem seems to be just building massive e-commerce related companies. So you've got Shopify, you've got ClearBank, you've got fair, and there's probably a hundred others like, you know, that seem to be really
0: yeah, incredible. I, th- I think we spoke about fintech for a long time yeah. in the ecosystem and yeah. now we've got to be talking about e-commerce, right? Uh, yeah, or, and,
1: uh, w- and yeah. one other thing I'd say here: oh, yeah. um, if I'm a founder, I'm gonna look at what ClearBank has done over the last 36 months and learn yeah. how to do PR like them. Like,
0: cool. you it's know, like, master class in PR. Step one: become a dragon.
1: Well, well, <laughs> come on, Jason, you're <laughs> dragon-like, but like, no, but it's it's not only that, but it's also but make like Dave coined terms. They called themselves a 20-minute term sheet. It's right. not the, you know, the Clear Angel fund and. Technically, I don't think any of those, they're, they're taking languages that are used for other purposes and co-opting it for their purpose. And then mm-hmm. they're getting press around it and they're executing against it. So they're creating their own categories and getting people talk about. Them. Yes, yeah. it helps that Michelle has, has the publicity and is a known person. But I think just the approach and how what they're doing is just it, incredible. It's a
0: master class. I couldn't agree more with you. And and actually, there's a viewer out there who couldn't agree more with me and how buff you're looking these days with Fight Camp, <laughs> Alex. Look at this. Uh,
1: you know, we can do all sorts of amazing things with videos.
0: Uh. <laughs> I know the power of Hollywood. Hey, Alex, I gotta, I gotta show you something. The newsletter you love to open. Do you want awesome Canadian tech news in your inbox every Monday or career opportunities in your inbox on Wednesday? What about funding insights on Friday? Then you need to subscribe to the Techto newsletter. Alex, what can people expect from tomorrow's issue? Uh, I, I
1: Working right now on it, uh, we're going to be featuring a startup called Sherpa. They get me their stuff in time. So you can learn about someone that's actually building a massive business to, to uh, take advantage of when we recover from the, um We can actually fly again. And, I'm, got to, I'm trying to get a couple of angels to get me the information so that to feature them and so you can find some people that actually might write che- checks if if you're not in e-commerce.
0: Got it. So you're saying you don't know what tomorrow's issue is going to be yet, but it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a must-read. It's going to be a must-read. All right. Next up, we are talking about Vancouver-based Dooley sells investors on a $20 million investment. Got to ask Alex, what does Dooley do?
1: <laughs> Did... Um... They they provide
0: RPA <laughs> it, it could be a pun, it could be yeah. you could say alliteration. There was a lot alliteration, of alliteration,
1: that was what I'm looking for. Yeah, you know, it's too early in the morning. I just woke up. Uh, they they provide R, rpa's for salespeople. Um, so and we can get into what RPAs, but it basically makes um, sales software more useful for salespeople, so it eliminates all the in re- replication of data input. Um it it, it just lets us actually salespeople sell because according to Salesforce. Salespeople only spend thirty-four percent of the time selling; the rest of the time is doing other crap.
0: Okay, so and this is so an this other is, crap company. That's like that's what they're trying no, to do this is eliminate other, other crap. crap.
1: It, you know, Got it's God. called sales enablement.
0: Okay, so what's right? RPA if they're doing sales enablement? So, what's RPA? So made?
1: RPA stands for robotic process automation. It's a fancy way to say that you're using software mm-hmm. to automate a previous repetitive tasks. So, and and like there's a massive company called UiPath in the space that just says it's doing RPA for general purposes. So yeah. it's like. So for example, um, I'm just trying to think like, here's a perfect example. It's like, you know what you, you finish your meeting as a salesperson, then you go put your notes in Salesforce and you copy them mm-hmm. over to, um, the calendar and this basically learns that. And so you put it once and then you don't have to go to the 12 different. So SaaS you're, you're telling me
0: that you're telling me that in, in the year 2021, we're still doing two thirds of our job with manual data entry. Okay, and that's what this is going to fix. So I love it. So, so tell me, how big is this? I would have thought manual data entry a thing of the past, but this feels like a company that's taken off. So, do you have any sense of the numbers here?
1: Not really. The two numbers I could see is, you know, they 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 have over a thousand customers, and there's some big mm-hmm. ones like Airtable, Asana, Intercom, uh, CrowdRiff. They also just seem to be massive growth since COVID. Apparently, they were eight employees in September; they're twenty two now, and plan oh. to get to fifty. So my assumption is when you're growing from eight to fifty employees, revenue is going up, I hope. And when you have a thousand customers, again, don't know how many seats that is. And I think they charge five dollars per month per seat. Yeah. So I assume it, but I assume it's more than one seat of the customer because that'd be five, that'd be six hundred thousand. I'm sure there's more more than that.
0: Or we need actually, we need like 60, a special graphic just for your back of the envelope math, Alex. Like I need that to animate out, and I want people to see you walk through the math. All right, so it was a twenty million dollar, um, yeah.
1: I actually just noticed one comment from Jason saying, "How can we get onto new entity?" So I'd love to know what Jason wa- Jason put another comment there. I'd like to know what you mean there. Sorry.
0: Sure. Yeah. And, and so, um, is it the twenty million dollar headline here? Is that a Series A?
1: It's actually a deceiving um, number. It's actually two rounds in one. So they they announced both their seed and Series A at the same time. So the seed was about three to three and a half million, led by Start Ventures, which is American VC and also Box Group, which is also American. And the A round was 17 led by Addition, which no one knows, but, uh, or most people don't know. It's a guy called Lee Fixel, who just started this fund that can invest in any stage. And if you look at his investment record before starting his own fund, it's just ridiculous. He was at Tiger Global. Um, there's also Bold Start and Box Group are back in their battery ventures. Mantis, which is the chain smokers have their own fund. Um, and SV Angel, which is Ron Conway. You may know Ron from investments like Facebook and every other good good unicorn in the valley. And they have a bunch of interesting angels, including um, uh, the founders of UiPath, who I mentioned, the COO of Gainsight, which is uh, the, the CEO of SurveyMonkey, the ex-CEO of Atlassian, which is very wow. There's a lot, of, so, a
0: lot of strategics in there as well, not yeah. some really interesting people that can help them get distribution or integrations or otherwise help them scale up this uh, this B2B platform.
1: Well, I think the chain smokers is gonna do a whole song on
0: yeah. it. That, That's that's a strategy it's amazing. There. It's amazing how you can drop these big names, Lee, Ron, and then we still focus on the on the celebrity name. We're just as oh man, we're just as susceptible to pop culture as anybody else. But yeah, if I were to play a chain song here on the outro, it's probably get taken down by YouTube. So we'll we'll let that out. Um, but let me ask if you're part of the TechTO community, why are you excited about Vancouver based Dooley and this raise?
1: Uh So I think there's a couple of trends that this represents that's going on everywhere. One is sales enablement is a hot category and to see a Canadian lean, that's great. I think strategic angels is also something you're seeing pop up more and more. Um, And I think, you know, my conversation, You know what's interesting here is all these angels are from the US. Um, And I, I see this happen quite often. Like I know there's another company who hasn't announced around, which is another one of the trends, which they got a bunch of strategic angels. And so my question here is, why aren't we picking our, why aren't we getting like Harley from uh, Shopify or um, Jack from Cleo into these companies? So, so I think there's something that's happening that our own strategic angels are missing out or potential angels. And, yeah. and I think what's more important is, you know, this is just an example of someone not raising, not announcing a seed round. And I think that's a trend that the local market doesn't understand and doesn't, doesn't get. And I, and I, I think, it's you know I think we can spend a couple of minutes trying to explain what's going on here. Um, you know, my most early stage rounds. He, he, if you go back four years, everyone will announce, "Hey, I've got a friends and family round, 500 You know, we got raised two hundred fifty thousand. Here, here I'm out here, and I, you know, you should know about us. And now I think companies are waiting later and later to raise, uh, to basically announce a round. I, I think it's a, there's a there's some math be going on here. Some you know an You know, it's not an algorithm, but like the benefits of announcing around are you seem credible to enterprise customers. Hey, I'm negotiating with RBC. And historically, RBC would be scared to invest, you know, to, to be a customer for a company that has raised money because you could disappear in six months. Um, and, and I think second thing is to recruit employees. And I think both those aren't as important. Like, you know, not saying RBC or TD are running out to work with like two-person companies, but it's possible now. And I think they're you know, there's less worry about invest, you know, enterprise companies, Partnering with companies they've never heard of. I think also employees, you can get the benefit of employees without announcing around because a smart, a smart founder will still get tap into the network of the VC or the angel and also use those angels or VCs to close without disclosing around. The downsides of closing around, which I think have become more prominent right now, is you now you seem almost too small. Hey, we've got RBC, T D, and and I don't know, Uber as logos on our website, but then then we announced we're doing a two million dollar round or three million dollar round. Well, maybe you're not as credible as you thought you were. So it's it's a weird psychology. And I think the other thing is there's so much capital out there that it's easy If you get a three million round, people can copycat and you have a lot more competitors, but versus when you announce your first round at 50 million, it seems like you've locked up the so market. If you're raising
0: if you're raising right now or you're funding an early stage company, are you telling them to disclose it or are you telling them to keep it close to their chest?
1: So if I look at my last, let's say ten investments, mm-hmm. I think I think only half of them are on my website. And I think even if so and I think only Two have done press releases. Right. And usually the press releases has sort of purpose. So one in particular said, Hey, we have like no PR there and we're talking to engineers. And they just it it we want to see, you know, we want to see more credible. Right, right. Um, the other one was basically to show momentum to a large enterprise that we're negotiating a million dollar A C V contract with. So
0: and, and but, it wasn't like this a few years ago, right? This is a new trend that you're sort of sensing now. Yeah.
1: I think this is something that's really emerged over the last, you know, 24 months. Mm -hmm. And I think it reflects where, Hey, there's a lot of money out there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, and, and people are scared. I think the competitive advantages of a startup are, are, you know, it's really hard to build something that just scales up and you have a mode at the beginning. So people want to just sort of be under the radar.
0: I couldn't agree more. You know, a great place to emerge from under the radar to get onto the tech ecosystems radar is. Where? Do you have any ideas? Tech Tio tech outsiders? The tech Tio live streams, Alex, if you want to learn from leaders, you want to understand their stories or you're a leader like Chris and Justin from Dooley and want to get in front of the ecosystem, you can do it. Just connect with the tech Tio community on one of our interactive live streams. You Want to see what's coming up? Watch this. March 10th, Women in Tech, the Future of Canadian Technology. This is pretty cool, right? You excited for this, Alex? Yes, I am. I know you are. And then coming up on March 19th, Founders and Funding. This is a conversation with a startup founder and their VC partner. This episode features Champ, the co-founder of Capsule, and Shruti, the general partner at Array Ventures. You pumped for this one?
1: Yeah, I am. I, Shruti is it, just off the chart smart. And she makes me look like I talk slow. So, you know, opposed to doubling the speed of your live stream recording, you have to slow down to 50% to get all the wisdom.
0: I love that. And then um, also coming up, we've got Next in Tech. This is a brand new series that we're launching with your new TO host, Swish Goswami of True Fan. And this is episode number one, launching your MVP featuring guest star, Zane Manji. Oh, man, super pumped for this. Co-founder at Laser. And, of course, Alex, we know him from the work he did at Fix, right? Yeah. And, Jason, for
1: your next segue, I'm going to try to give you as hard as possible on <laughs> into my session so Come you on. can't you can't figure tee it out.
0: It, tee it up. That is no problem at all. All right, our last news bit for today. Canadian gambling tech wins big. This is super exciting. What are the odds that we have a thematic three-piece news item at the end here? So let's see what we've got. What are the three headlines this week, Alex?
1: Uh, so good question. Um, Score Media basically you know brings their shares to the U.S. So they think for some reason people running up as an IPO, it's not an IPO, and you know saw a huge bump in valuation. So sort of like now we're two point four billion. Esports betting platform Rivalry raises 20 million US with the idea to go IPO shortly, and Torstar, uh, Toronto Star, is getting into online gaming business. Like first, let me be clear, I didn't want to talk about any of these, but (laughs) when you have three of these, I bumped. Like I was, I wanted to talk about Cae, which is a Mm you know you know which is a Montreal-based more traditional tech firm. They did a billion-dollar acquisition, but I kept like it just seems like all anyone all that's happening in this ecosystem is these companies no one thinks about are doing all sorts of shit in the e-sports the gaming gambling space
0: all right so let's talk about it we got to take one at a time here alex the first one score media is this related to like the score like you know canada's espn
1: yeah the canada's espn i I don't think it ever really achieved that but what they were smart enough to do is see where the buzz is Mm -hmm. Uh, um so they they have basically three things they have their content around sports and their ESPN type thing. And it's, it's actually interesting. They're distributing a lot via social media right now. So they have like a lot of followers on TikTok, surprisingly. Then they have, then they went into e-gaming when they got hot. So they have like an e-gaming channel, which I think I was reading. It's just 200 million views a month. And then more recently they got into online, you know, sports betting or sports gambling. And they're also getting into online casino. So they seem to be a sports media, gambling, related entity that everyone knows here, but the investors like it because it's all
0: about the betting on the legalization of gambling. Amazing. And so did you get in on that IPO, Alex? Uh, no, I, uh, yeah. you know, I, I'm not a big fan. Like if, uh, also with
1: the common thing, these all things like people talk about valuations being crazy in private capital, like in venture capital. Yeah. I think 2.4 billion market cap. You, I think, and I think the, if I remember correctly, it was like 40 million revenue. Yeah. With a huge loss. So, and I think gambling, once it's legal, is going to be much more competitive than people think it is. Amazing. Yeah.
0: I think it's going to be an interesting space to watch for sure. Uh, Jason, oh,
1: Jason, come on. You must, I imagine you're, you're sitting there making your NHL bets every night.
0: Yeah. Come on. You know, I'm a well simple invest person. You know, I don't speculate on this. All I right. Thought yeah.
1: You're a well simple trade guy. <laughs> crypto, a, yeah.
0: crypto. All right. So the next headline I want to dig into is this rival rivalry headline. Who is rivalry and and what happened here?
1: So Rivalry is an esports betting platform. So let's screw sports. Let's go right to esports. You know, esports is like you know League of Legends, mm-hmm. Fortnite, and they raised a US twenty million dollar round. It's not disclosed from who. Yeah, and they said they're, do- they're doing it to just get ready for stock exchange listing later this year. What's interesting is they're based here. They do esports and some traditional sports, but. They focus on millennials in Latin America, so they claim to be. Wait, why, start-
0: why why Latin America? I would have thought you maybe start with the U.S. market if you don't do Canada. Maybe you do Western Europe. Why Latin America?
1: Apparently, Latin America is really into esports and gambling, and I guess the laws let them operate there. Like, yeah, regulation. Uh, you know, I love some little
0: regulatory arbitrage, yeah. taking advantage of it. I love it.
1: Yeah, and, and they claim they want to be the rob. They want to be the. You know, they want to be the equivalent of Robin and Robin Hood to TD Ameritrade for for e, esports gambling, which to me is very interesting because I didn't know there's someone around enough to be the Charles Schwab or TD Ameritrade right. of esports gambling.
0: I guess I can't bet on your kids uh, on their Roblox, huh? I gotta. Oh, what do you think? Rebecca has a whole business going.
1: <laughs> she has fifteen accounts and they all play each other, so she she takes. You know, let's not get there.
0: All right. So uh, uh, pretty unbelievable stuff that they're coming out of Toronto rivalry, right? Yes, that's right. Fantastic. So another really cool deal there. And then the last deal is Torstar. Alex, we never talk about Torstar and now I feel like we only talk about (laughs) Torstar. Didn't we just talk about the shipper acquisition with them? So (laughs) what what is happening over there?
1: Well, you remember, remember, I think six months ago, Torstar, the family that owned Torstar sold to some financial players. And I guess they're looking at these assets and saying, what can we do? And, they're now. They're now said they're gonna. They're gonna open. They've asked for an online gaming casino license in Ontario, wow. with the proceeds to float to, to support journalism. I don't know about <laughs> you. But I'm very skeptical of that rationale. <laughs> this to me. It. This this to me says okay. Hey, I they don't. I don't even know if they think this is a valid business. This says let's get this online casino and then go public again and take our take our money off the table. Like
0: yeah,
1: you know I'm, I'm very cynical of this.
0: Yeah, I, we can tell. And, and Alex, you're usually such a bright, cheery, happy guy. So for you to be cynical of something really is put in there. Okay. So what's the deal here? What's what's happening? What's happening here?
1: So it's a lot of a lot of attention to something that's not sure yet. They've you know, so they they what they announced on Tuesday is they would like to launch an online casino brand mm. later this year, pending approval by the Alcohol and Gaming Commission of Ontario. Yeah. What they claimed a the rationale was. Is that there's 500 million dollars Canadian a year on online gaming spent. Most of it's in unregulated gray market offshore websites. Oh, so wow. this is a way to make sure that a Canadian player benefits from the money stays here. And then, mm-hmm. and then of course, I said the other part is this is our way to, to, for TORSAR to help support the growth and expansion of quality community-based journalism. So mm-hmm. I can imagine right now, bet five dollars in poker and you'll we'll get a, we'll we'll cover yeah. your, the, your your kids' soccer team.
0: Hey, man, we're journalists now too, all right? So uh, I think we got we to cheer for this. Look, I don't know if you remember, but at the top of the show, Alex, uh, we did say that uh, if you can name all three of the Canadian gambling we- deals this week, that we'd give you a prize. You remember we said that?
1: Yeah, I, I, I can okay. remember half an hour ago from now or maybe not.
0: Okay, and, and if you can believe it, some some people took us up on the wager, so we're going to pick one at random here. We've got a winner. All right. Morninga in Ottawa went with Scorebig, Esports, and Torstar. Hmm. Hmm. But look, he, he edited the the uh, the entry. We're gonna let that edit stand. What do you think, Alex?
1: Yeah, it's good with me, especially because I think he's he did it on YouTube, so I didn't even know how you get comments on YouTube <laughs> that come live here.
0: <laughs> it's all possible with the magic of the internet. So uh, uh is ClearBank financing this? I mean they could That's be. True. They could be. Why not? Why not? We'll reach out. So uh, we will get in touch somehow. We don't know how. We don't know why. Email, email Jason. Yeah. And look, we've got some sharing now happening. Big win. Super exciting. Okay, Alex, I got to say, uh, you know, we've we've given away a one-month free membership, right? But that doesn't mean you can't join because check this out. Invest in yourself. You want to join the TechTO Insider program. It's a membership program that offers knowledge, network, and inspiration to help you thrive. Alex, what's your favorite part about being an insider?
1: That Jason delivers that card to you by himself. He'll <laughs> go anywhere in Canada on his, on his hoverboard and deliver you a card.
0: Okay, yes. It is a virtual card. Uh, it does. Uh, <laughs> it lives right here in this graphic. You can um, download it yourself, print it out, use it at your favorite tech institutions and see if they will give you a discount. How does that sound?
1: Perfect. Uh, We've got discounts for our members like DocSend and Amazon.
0: 100%. And we will be there uh, in the TechTO Insiders membership portal right after this, answering your questions live. Thanks, Alex. What a week in Canadian tech. If you haven't already, like and subscribe wherever you're watching. We will see you on the inside. Don't forget to hang out with us next week for another edition of TechTO Quick Takes. We're in the business of delivering impossible things. We're in the business of delivering things that nobody's ever seen before. If you build that culture, you know, you'll come up with you know really cool and innovative stuff and you know, literally could be in the next multi-billion dollar idea. So this conversation is largely going to be about scaling yourself and scaling your leadership team. I want to talk about one of the biggest struggles that I think a lot of startups face early on, which is building initial traction.